Hello and welcome to the VR Download. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Ian Hamilton, Managing Editor of UploadVR.com, and I'm joined today by... I'm David Heaney. I write about the technology behind virtual reality and develop these studios. Uh, Doctors Gaming and Gabe, welcome. Have you been playing VR a lot during the break, Heaney? I've been playing Arizona Sunshine. Quite a few of my friends got a Quest 2 over the break, and I gotta say the best co-op game still remains Arizona Sunshine all these years later. Yeah, uh, I love the multiplayer in that, and I did real VR fishing. The co-op stuff is, I think that needs to take off now. Like, I think I think there's a lot of, there's so many quests out there in the market now that there's more of a chance you can find someone cool to just go hang out and go fishing, go golfing, go zombie hunting. And it's something we've kind of wanted for so many years in VR, and it's just been so much you call up someone and say hey do you want to go into vr right now and they have to decide that moment do i go fire up the pc maybe plug in the headset if it hasn't been plugged in and quest com- completely changes that so it's pretty cool and that's our that's actually our first subject facebook said that quest 2 outgrew the active user base or the size of the quest market the original quest market in just seven weeks how many quests do you think are out there? That's the, the these numbers that Facebook gives kind of hide the millions of headsets that are actually sold. What what's your guess? The first thing I'd like to say is we shouldn't have to be guessing about this. For for the sake of developers that need to plan their future in a very uncertain market, Facebook and the others should really be revealing these numbers. But for, from what I understand, there are somewhere between one and two million quests. But now with Quest 2, that number, including both headsets, may be between two and three million. What's more significant from, from what we're hearing from developers isn't the raw numbers, but it is the retention. Whereas on a PC VR headset, people may use it for maybe one or two months. And then the friction of plugging it in and keeping the drivers updated and making Steam VR work can sometimes make that retention drop off very quickly from from what we've both heard from developers that's not happening with quest and that's really why those numbers are staying up so uh what i would say is why we do want sales numbers from facebook what we also want is specific active numbers and not relative oh it was 10 times more than this at this date or five times more at this date yeah i i totally get that and so it's 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 impossibly difficult because uh, Facebook kind of has this history of giving us these vague relative numbers without absolutes. And you go back uh, several years, we get those Gear VR numbers where there were millions and millions of Gear VRs technically sold, right? We, we use the word sold, but they gave a lot of those away for free and they just never got used. And it's impossible to kind of compare what that market was to what this active market is like today. Well, Facebook did actually reveal once a active user number for Gear VR. It was one million at its peak, but that it seems from what I've heard they were very careful about that number and they waited for it to peak and then announced it. And as it started to drop off, that no longer became true. <laughs> that's, that's clever because yeah, the Gear VR did not last long with uh, those retention numbers. You couldn't use it for more than five or ten minutes in intense applications, or maybe half an hour in less intense applications without it overheating. Yeah, it's it's funny that I keep there's people talking about the co-op uh, and how important co-op is for VR, and I want to just mention here for all of our watchers out there that I've I've never actually met David Heaney in real life, 
And he has built this studio where we meet every week. And this is the first time he's attempted to sort of run the broadcast while also you did it one before, right? Um, I did it with Kyle. And the, the reason is this week is Kyle's internet is, is down. Kyle was planned to come on, but we, we can make it work even though we can't change the camera angles this week. So it's uh, awesome that we're able to see each other and have, this is a co-op experience. I mean, technically this is a co-op, um, but it's kind of, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like we're taking weekly meetings and you've been working on the audio tech. So there should be a really good sync up between our lips and our actual voice this week, right? Yeah, it's really noticeable to see. And we've been working on that for a long time. And it should also mean our conversations flow a bit better since the latency is pretty much a third from what it was before. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's cues. We're, I'm watching your face for cues of when you're going to stop talking. And you're kind of doing the same thing for me. And that's you know something naturally that we don't even think about in the real world. And every millisecond that you can shave off of that latency between us. So let's talk about those Samsung VR controllers. Did you see these things that look like the tracking ring is around the wrist? And that's kind of a... Uh, that really indicates to me that these look like inside-out tracked controllers. That's the impression I get. There, there's no indication of any kind of photodiodes for Lighthouse, nor does there seem to be any, nor does it seem to be heavy enough or bulky enough to be an electromagnetic tracking system. And obviously, this ring here indicates. We've seen Samsung patent these sort of devices over the past year, eighteen months now, and, and there has been a lot of speculation. Are they going to bring out a second generation Windows Mixed Reality headset like HP have done with the Reverb G2? Or the question is, did they explore this? And this is just something they were patenting because it was part of their research, but they never brought it to market. And it, it's still unclear, but it seems like we probably should have heard something by now if it was intended to be a product, at least if this is related to the previous headset, which we saw with four tracking cameras. So... It's really hard to tell at this moment with Samsung. They are they are a dark horse because uh, Samsung, Huawei, and Apple, when it comes to hardware, are really in a league of their own. And we saw the Odyssey do things that other headsets weren't able to do, having having an OLED screen that didn't have the distinct screen door effect, thanks mm -hmm. to their diffuser. And I'm just wondering, what can we see Samsung do with controllers? There's no indication here of any special features, but given what Samsung continuously keeps bringing to the hardware game over the past few years... I have high expectations for when they do announce something. I don't, I don't know if it's too much off topic, but the thing I've been thinking about right now is you, you talk about a second generation Windows MR headset and sure, PC VR needs to lose the wire. I mean, that's one of the things we've been talking about is I think for PC VR to expand, we need a, a better wireless solution on the PC for, for that market to get bigger. But I don't, I'm not convinced a system that requires a PC can ever match the scale that Quest is about to possibly unlock um, or, or maybe already unlocking right now. And so it, it's easy to, you know, Samsung has, they could do a standalone if they wanted, in my opinion. And if they're, you know, the tracking rings are there uh, on your wrists that, you know, it could, yes, it makes sense that it could be a second generation Windows MR, but that's not enough to compete with what Quest is. What Quest is, is a standalone that gets better if you connect it to a PC. And it's really awesome if you don't get sick or, and you've got a really good Wi-Fi network and can do the wireless. It's a kind of a pain if you still got the USB cord. Um, you still have to think about the wire. But that's still better 
than a standalone just on its own. You get all of those extra games. You get Half-Life Alex. you get Boneworks, you get um, uh, H3VR, Hot Dogs, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades. You get games like that that you get via Steam, Asgard's Wrath, Stormland. Flight Flight Simulator. All the all the simulation games are are PC only. And for that level of, of simulation where you've got intense physics and really want to feel like you're interacting with the world in really dynamic ways, you need a PC for that. And so like it seems like Samsung is one of the best position in the world. You, you call them a dark horse. It's a, the perfect way to describe them where they really could pull off a standalone plus PC. And if Facebook isn't required for that, there's going to be a market for it. I, I don't question Samsung's ability to make the hardware. Samsung could produce a standalone headset that is better than the Oculus Quest 2. I don't think that's a controversial thing to say when you look at the sheer scale of Samsung's hardware operations, the fact that they could put their own chip in it, and just what Samsung's capable of. But the problem is, what platform would it run? And, and that's what I'm always trying to talk about here. And what we really want is not an Oculus Quest competitor. It's a competitor to the Oculus platform itself. By platform, I mean the operating system, the tracking system, Guardian, the store, the SDK, everything that makes this an actual device with a content ecosystem. That that usually can't come from a company like Samsung because for all of Samsung's hardware prowess, most of their software projects of the past 10 years have failed. And by that, when I say software projects, I mean they're projects where they try to enter the software market to reduce their reliance on the software they have to use. Most of it failed. Now, the question is, could Samsung partner with someone else? And that that really is the million-dollar question. Yeah. And I'm convinced Google uh, would probably be there for them if they wanted to do Android-based. And then it's a question of going to Microsoft. Yeah. I mean, Google killed it. I, it's still, you know, they killed a platform with Google services embedded, but I'm not, I'm not convinced entirely that Google wouldn't try to go an open source route with Daydream going forward and, and relaunch a, uh, what a cardboard-esque, I mean, not cardboard-esque because cardboard is a, is a bad thing to reference, but in a, a more open software stack that runs on Android, which is the basis of Android, and maybe uh, maybe make some inroads there into PC somehow. I don't I don't know if that's possible, but I wouldn't put it past Google to go back and try again with a more open software stack. And I, I kind of hope that something like that exists. Maybe in a few years, but I, I can't see it happening so soon after Daydream being killed. Because Daydream was exactly that. Had Daydream continued, Samsung could build a Quest competitor and they could load Daydream on it. And it would be a Quest competitor with the software done by a great software company like Google and the hardware done by a great hardware company like Samsung. That's why Daydream dying was, in my opinion, probably the worst thing to happen to the VR industry in the past five years. Not Facebook account required? <laughs> no, because I th- I'm one of those people who thinks that the solution to these things is not is through competition. If there was Google here, we wouldn't have this problem because you don't need it. You wouldn't need a Facebook account. You could just go get a Daydream headset. Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a great way of looking at it. So let's go to... Let me see if there's any comments here. Yeah, I don't see anyone competing with the Quest 2 price, most of all. I mean, that's one of the, the main things that everyone is going to have to grapple with. And it's one of the ultimate questions that we deal with is even if software hardware company partnership could match Quest on every other possible 
way, you know, quality of the software library, quality of the software experience once you're inside the headset, there's still going to be the price gap where Facebook's willing to take a loss on all of that and it, it makes it impossible. So again, the one advantage Samsung would have there specifically is that they do have their own Exynos chipsets that, that they can use. And if you notice in a lot of their Galaxy uh, phones, they'll use those instead of Qualcomm sometimes when it makes sense. So you could see them getting a significant cost reduction through there. But it, the question is, would there be the incentive for Samsung to do it? And it's the same problem with PC VR. And without that software partner, there's just no incentive. Gustavo, I don't know if I, I don't know what your definition of a true VR game is. I, I wouldn't, I don't think what Quest, those games I mentioned earlier, Boneworks, H3 VR, all the simulator games, those are PC VR games, and I don't think they, they have anything to do with what the Quest market is, is doing. They're, they exist in their own place. Um, let's go to the next subject. So, I would love for you to talk about this, Heaney, since you've got a, a pretty deep understanding of what's going on at the driver layer with the graphics cards. But we've been hearing this for quite a bit that people with NVIDIA cards, NVIDIA RTX cards, have been having frame drop issues due to some some cause. Explain us what's going on here and what the latest news is. So this is specifically an issue that's been happening around three months now. And that causes annoying frame drops when you're using an RTX card in Steam VR. And it doesn't seem to matter which uh, headset you're using. I haven't seen any reports of it happening on the Oculus headsets, but that may be because this is an, an issue with native Steam VR headsets, or it may just be that no one's reported it yet. The problem so, so is to be clear, it could be happening to like Oculus Rift S, but it's because it's people are it routing is, it through it, Steam VR. Yes, if it is, it would. It, oh, the, the common factor between all of the reports so far is that this does happen on steam vr with nvidia rtx cards on any driver within the past three months and mm -hmm. nvidia is aware of this issue they say they're investigating it but it's been quite a long time since they've started investigating it and the problem is the, the gpu drivers are already complex as they are when you add on all the complexity that they added in in 2016 and 2017 to get vr headsets running there is so much between the app and the end of the and the headset and how it gets the frame that it, it's astonishingly difficult to track down exactly what the problem is and obviously you have the bigger problem on pc where everyone has a different hardware configuration people have different windows versions people have different driver versions there's all there's far too many configurations but usually even in that nvidia is able to solve these sort of issues in a, in a more timely manner than this so but it suggests to me some of the people who originally worked on nvidia's vr support back in that rift vive era no longer work at nvidia and, and what i wonder is have they lost a little bit of institutional knowledge as to what exactly is going on in the vr driver level Mm -hmm. Well, what if what if it's not they left the what if it's not they left the company, but they're working on another VR project within Nvidia? Well, I know I, I checked LinkedIn when I read this story <laughs> to, to, to check, and a few of them, uh, quite a few of the people who, if, if you go back to 2016, 2017, were the, the the VR engineers, the people presenting all these features and explaining them, no longer work at Nvidia. Mm -hmm. Probably at Facebook. Did you? Are they at Facebook? Not Facebook. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So if you're having problems with your NVIDIA graphics card, let us know in our in the comments here on YouTube. 
go to the story we've got on uploadvr.com and let us know what what you're seeing. It helps us when we hear your reports to sift through what's an unusual issue and like just affecting one person out there versus something that's hap- affecting hundreds of people or thousands of people. We need those reports coming in to kind of hold these companies to account and reach out to them and make sure they're really on the ball and, and making these things better. It's so frustrating for the people affected because, you know, frame drops in VR are uncomfortable. It's not like on a monitor where a little number in the corner goes down. In VR, you actually feel a hitch and you start to feel sick. And, you know, I'm one of those people who really, really gets that. I don't get motion sick from thumbstick movement, artificial locomotion. But if I start dropping frames, I start to feel incredibly sick in VR. So I really feel for the people who are going through this issue. Yeah, it's and it's always maddening because the people out there have such a a range of knowledge of, of, of how their system works and what might be causing things like sim, like, like sim sickness. So like uh, people constantly are at half their frame rate, uh, you know, operating in 45, 45 uh, frames per second mode and having all those reprojected frames. And they don't even know it. They just know that like they're playing bone works and feel uncomfortable afterwards. And it could be one thing or the other. So that's why that's another reason why we need so many of these reports to kind of sift through what's really going on. I think there's been a real disappointing loss of the focus on performance that virtual reality had when it was emerging between 2012 mm-hmm. and 2016. Performance was always the first thing you would ever hear in graphics discussions. And now it's an afterthought. And I think that's completely the wrong move for VR. Yeah, so I'm looking at these comments here, and, and Chris Gould is saying, if we lose PC VR, which seems to be happening, I am out. I have no interest in mobile gaming or the sort of thin gruel Facebook is funding. You know, I, I, I think that might be a little rough way of saying what Facebook is funding is, you know, I, I think they're funding some pretty cool applications um, and software. But I, the rest of this, you know, if we lose PC VR, I get you're out. But I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think it's yeah. possible for us to ever lose P- PCVR. Yes, the, the focus could be taken away from it, and maybe developers will be less interested from making PCVR games. But it's it's got to be here for decades to come, right? I mean, even even if the entire of the PCVR market, except for the simulator market, died, it would still be a thriving market in the long term. Because think of mm-hmm. take these headsets we have now and extrapolate two, three, five, ten years. Do you really think anyone's going to be playing a flight simulator or a racing game on a monitor by then? In the mm, field of view yeah. wide and, you know, everything's convenient and there's hand tracking on PC and you... Of course it's not. I mean, the PC VR market, and that's only one small sub-market of the PC VR market. The P- PC VR is going nowhere. Yeah, and, and Axel here is saying having their problems since I updated it last month, it's infuriating. You know, that's... It's it got to be maddening to, to beyond belief to kind of like invest so much money in the PC VR experience and then to have a driver issue, no less, be the thing that kind of like ruins your, your time in VR. And meanwhile, Quest is rolling out and people are, are, you know, screaming on Christmas morning to their parents about how happy they are to have gotten a Quest. Like that, that's, that doesn't feel good to be on the other side of that. It, it really is strange sometimes when you play a few quest games and you realize, well, that maintained performance perfectly the entire time. And then you get on your 
PC, which is what a hundred times as powerful. That's a random number, but you get you get the idea. And you start dropping frames in something that looks roughly the same. And again, it's it's this same frustration that I'm having, where I, I really think that the focus on performance in virtual reality has just slipped over the past few years to all other considerations. And that makes sense for businesses. And I understand that you know people are trying to make money, and there are, there are real concerns about not having you know if you invest all this time into optimization and your studio goes bust it's not going to help anyone but well, i really hope it comes back well the performance thing goes back to kind of like if you go four years to 2016 you've got kind of an alliance not a, it's not an alliance between valve and oculus it's they both kind of have the same minimum spec because they're they've picked the same you know 90 frames per second as their initial system and so uh, there's a very similar level of, hey, let's get all the PCs on board to, to try to hit this minimum threshold. And then the next year we had Windows and Microsoft roll out their own minimum spec that was, I think, a little bit lower than the minimum spec that we saw on a lot of the PC systems. And yes, we're several years later, lots of systems with, you know, if you've got a GPU that's separate from the rest of the hardware in there, it should be strong enough for VR at this point. It's just you could throw a game like Alex at it and 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 Boneworks and maybe it wouldn't. I, I don't know. It, it does, they're not even. I don't understand why they bothered with the recommended spec idea, which which worked for years when they just decided to give it up. Because hmm. sure, you want to make these flashy, great PC VR games, but if most of the people who have already bought your headset can't play it without stuttering, that's not virtual reality. It's not designing for virtual reality. Yeah, and Scott here is talking about Doom 3 on Quest 2 better than any of the games you can buy. And we were having a debate about that. We'll, we'll talk about that in the next VR download session. We'll get into the games discussion with uh, probably David and Jamie. But I just played Doom 3 over the weekend, and I, I'm i in the campus. I'm, I'm in, in there with you, Scott. That's an incredible experience to have in standalone VR. And I think it's a pretty significant thing that we'll get into next time. I can attest right. that Ian has not stopped talking about Doom 3 for the past few days. <laughs> and yeah, I get sick in VR pretty pretty easily. And I did not. I mean, I, I got a little uncomfortable after the first session. But then I, I stood up. I did it first seated. I stood up. And the ability to rotate your body uh, instead of actually doing the thumbstick makes it, you know, I'm only going forward and backward with the stick. And so it's uh, very effective. All right, let's get into our last subject today, Cyber Shoes. Cyber Shoes Kickstarter campaign, they tripled their goal for this movement solution for Oculus Quest. And have you ever tried Cyber Shoes, Heaney? I have not yet, no. Have you? I haven't. Uh, David is the one who's tried both the original version of these uh, for PC, and then the, the latest version got sent a demo unit from cyber shoes to try them and uh the way they work as i understand it is uh they're little shoes you strap to your feet and then you basically step like normal and, and as you touch the ground with these shoes it records that and transfers it to movement in your vr game and we've seen a, a humongous amount of interest a, a startling amount of interest uh in those cyber shoes uh to to our site we've just uh, a lot of interest in that in those this product 98,000 is you know that's triple their goal but it's still not the size of some of the kickstarters we've seen over the years so uh, it's hard to gauge just how big the interest in are in these this solution 
but it does look like a really interesting product. I'm curious if it would solve my, my sim sickness. Do you think it would solve yours? You're not affected by that, right? Uh, yeah, no, I only get affected by frame drop sickness. I hate the name Cyber Shoes. If you, if you like Cyber Truck, why are Cyber Shoes bad? When you picture in your mind Cyber Truck and then Cyber Shoes, what, what do the shoes look like? I mean, yeah, Light Up is, is, I guess, what I would picture is just glowing shoes. I don't know. Yeah, but I think it's a very clever product idea, and I think it's, a, it's great because there is a lot of pent-up demand for body tracking of all sorts in the VR market. I really think this year is where we're going to see those sort of sub accessories kind of kick off now that we have a platform for them to build on yeah and i'm looking at the comments mike is asking you know it's basically like he says he's cured his vr sickness congratulations i don't think i'll ever be in your camp of, of being a person who can actually solve my my vr sickness i i have to think those shoes are going to be way better than the omni solution where you're in a you know strapped into the middle of a thing and you've got to have soft shoes and you're putting your feet on like a, a curved surface and having to move your feet along a curved surface i much much prefer this idea of sitting in a swivel chair and just moving your feet like a like what is it? it'd be like a dog in water paddling their feet along the water yeah i think it's exactly like that right i i, I mean to try them i hopefully will try them in a few months I see one question here, which is when we think Facebook will release an official wireless link. Mm, that's a good question. They asked me it this year, but late this year. Yeah, I it's there's there's going to be a lot of fine tuning they're going to want to do to the software even after it's released. Well, there's still one last link update to come. What's that going to add? So currently, when you access Link, you enable Link and you're put into the old Oculus Rift Dash experience. And it's kind of like, you know, a separate system software running off your PC. And so in the first half of this year, Facebook intends to, as far as I'm aware, release a update such that your your PC apps will be listed in the Quest interface. And it's, it's a more seamless kind of connection between them rather than trying to sort of use two systems at once. Yeah, there's some great comments here about how body tracking and sort of bringing more your body in there is such a big selling point of these things. And that makes a lot of sense. It's a really good, good point. Uh, I like this question at the end asking about the Resident Evil 4, whether we're actually going to get that. Uh, hi, Julian. That's a good question. Um, I, gosh, I would love that game. And it seems like that's going to be a quest. If, if, if someone's going to fund that, I would, I'd be surprised if that doesn't run on quest. When did Resident Evil 4 come out? What's the year? Do you have any idea? Somewhere between 2005 and 2010, I believe. Somewhere in that sort of era. So it's slightly newer than Doom 3, which is now running beautifully on Quest 2. And obviously the Doom 3 port mod runs on the original Quest. So if they had that Resident Evil 4 version running on only Quest 2, it could be... You know, maybe they put that later in the year so they don't force... You know, they don't sort of accelerate... Other developers dropping support for Quest 1 because I think there's still a lot of value in requiring the vast majority of Quest games run on both headsets. Like, there's, you don't want to say goodbye to the 2019 Quest 1 this quickly, I don't think. Um, I think if they're going to do it, it'll be with a huge game. The first Quest 2 exclusive that you can't run on Quest 1 will not be a small game, it'll be something huge like Assassin's Creed or something. Hmm. And well, I, do you think Resident Evil Four would meet that criteria? I think it. I think yeah. I think it just about gets there. Hmm. 
But I don't. Interesting. Think, yeah. I think if they can make it run on Quest One, they will make it run on Quest One because there's there there by most estimates there are somewhere between one and two million Quest Ones out there. Is it really Resident Evil 4's birthday today? That's incredible. If that's happy birthday. birthday. That's true. Yeah, Resident yeah, Evil. That's <laughs> a great game. Um, Medal of Honor port. That's not going to happen. Um, no. Uh, yeah, Medal of Honor is not something we would expect to see on the quest uh, for years. I would well, think. Well, I could see the multiplayer coming only. Mm, the game is too good. big to come to quest. It's it's what somewhere between 100 and 200 gigabytes. But the multiplayer in a very kind of streamed down way that just provides the gameplay with none of the visuals and none of the kind of cinematic experience that the campaign is trying to deliver. I I, I mm-hmm. can't see Facebook not doing that personally. Well, uh, that's the, the main part of our discussion. Check, when, uh, check in again with us later in the week where we will cover games and we'll get uh, probably David and Jamie and maybe other people in the studio here to really get into the games. It's been a massive couple of weeks for game releases and uh, just even just yeah, it's been fun to kind of have this break where we get to enjoy our favorite things in VR and show them off to families. And there's a lot we've been playing. So Please come join us. Check out UploadVR.com for the latest news. We've got a steady stream of new information going up there. And pretty soon here, we're going to have a a new section probably of the site to kind of divide up and serve all the new VR readers we have out there. So we've got kind of a dual audience coming to us looking for information. And there's constantly a new steady stream of new people coming into VR and we hope to be the the person the, the the group that helps all these new people save money, find out exactly what they need to know, and we'll have a section of our site, you know, dedicated to that audience. And uh, obviously, all of the veterans who have been here for years will have all the greatest and latest news information for them as well. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you in the future. <laughs>